the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Freedom with Adam Riojas. His goal is not only to inspire you to receive everything God has for you, but to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And now, here's your host, Adam Riojas. Welcome to today's show. Today we have an amazing guest. His name is Matt. He is a Marine. And then our latter part of the show, we will be back in John, and that's John chapter 15. Thank you so much for following us, and thank you so much for being on uh, here with us today. Matt, um, thank you. Uh, thank you for your service. Uh, thank you for being here today. And I'm going to ask you, Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into this Q&A. All right. Hey, uh, Pastor, first of all, thank you for having me. You know, it's an honor to be here. Um, so a little bit about me. I'm a, I'm from the lone state of Indiana. Uh, for those who are living here, you know, let's go Hoosiers. Uh, but uh, I grew up, you know, in, in a Christian church, uh, Pentecostal, with my great-grandmother. Great-grandparents raised me from a young age. So, you know, I kind of learned the 1920s, 1930s discipline uh, in the 1990s. So, uh, you know, I became very humbled. And, you know, in 2001, uh, when September 11th happened, you know, I kind of dictated my future on joining the military because uh, I remember every day after that, you know, seeing it on the tube TVs, you know, the old TVs, uh, you know, just seeing that. And then that inspired me to become, uh, well, I wanted to go to the Air Force. Uh, long st- uh, a little story about that, but there was uh, the job I wanted wasn't open. So uh, then I saw the dress blues. I was like, you know what, why not? And I uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps 0311 um, Infantry. So uh, best thing I did, you know, to get out of nowhere. I didn't, I didn't have any direction. I uh, wasn't really following God, but Marine Corps gave me direction and God gave me hope. That's awesome. Let me ask you a question. So how long were you actively in the Marines? Because they say once a Marine, always a Marine. But actively, how long did you serve? I did about uh, two years. Uh, I think it was like seven or eight months. I got out for medical. Um, some things happened to me um, while I was on service uh, where I got uh, sexually assaulted by somebody outside and uh, really changed my life. Um, I'm not afraid to admit that now, but I used to be afraid to talk about it. Um, but um, it really, I thought it ruined my life, but in turn it gave me a new, new hope and new opportunity. Um, I wish I could have reenlisted, but at that time, our president, uh, uh, Barack Obama, was cutting uh, forces down from like 204,000 to 189. So I didn't really have a chance. So, so uh, you said almost three years. So uh, did you do any tours during this time? We went on a, we went on a Mew. So we went out to the Pacific, did some surfing uh, on the boats. Uh, got to see some things overseas, um, you know, that was definitely different. And what Americans would think, you know, even if it's combative or non-combative, you know, you you realize how blessed America is when you go over there and you see what they don't have. You know, I I, I work now in a uh, nonprofit uh, social services, and you know, our homeless out here have cell phones, and 
uh, you know, they get food with their EBT cards, but over there they got to kill frogs and eat from the land, literally. So it gives you a new idea of what hope and, you know, what, uh, what we really do have that other people don't. Amen. So you mentioned a little bit about you, you said your, uh, Employment now is human services. Yes. Um, what exactly is that for those that are listening to you right now? I mean, it could be interpreted numerous ways. I work in the mental health field. Um, somebody who, you know, they always say, take, you know, got to be a little crazy to work with the crazy, right? Um, but no, uh, I work, I, I believe in being of service to other people who don't have what you have. And whether that's in the church, whether that's in society, like just giving hope. Because that's what God gave us when he gave his son, you know, hope that we could go to an eternal life, you know. So what I do is I go out there and I work on uh, with high mental illness. We're talking schizophrenia, uh, borderline personality disorder with multiple incarcerations and hospitalizations. And what we do is try to educate them and direct them to a life that doesn't require, you know, consistent interactions with law enforcement and hospitalizations. So, uh, you know, hopefully like a guide to, you know, you know, hope. So let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Um, how long now have you been serving the Lord? When did you give your life to the Lord, Jesus Christ? You know, it, it's really, I, I won't say it's funny, but I, at 18, I got baptized in my church because I was really giving my life to the Lord because I was scared of what I was going into, known as boot camp. Uh, I, 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 and I was at the chaplain service every Sunday. Any Marine that ever tells you boot camp's easy lies. It's easy now, but it wasn't easy in the moment. Um, but I officially, I think it's once I hit rock bottom when I got out and I was homeless, I didn't have a plan, and I realized I needed Jesus. You know, going back to the roots, you know, great-grandmother was still alive then, and, you know, she always says, Matthew Wayne, you need to get on to church, you know, like get your hiney to church. She never cussed, so I didn't have to worry about that, but she she was on it. Like she knew when I wasn't going to church. She knew me well. Amen. So here's my next question. You work with mental health. Um, you're a Christian now. Um, does it help you um, knowing the Lord, uh, dealing with a lot of these mental health patients? Absolutely. There are some that I, I you know, I, the Bible states there are demons in this world. And I believe that some people that I have had interactions with have, and, I'm, and again, I'm not saying this, I don't want anybody to interpret this as I'm saying they are possessed, but I, I've seen signs that some people have possessions, especially when they're talking, you know, there's signs. And right. and I think having a strong faith in Jesus Christ has not only helped me stay stronger, seeing some of the other things, but I'm teaching individuals not to steal. Amen. That's a commandment. I'm teaching people how to have good interactions and relationships. That's something God teaches us. So I think it's really made me stronger because I'm able to balance work and church. It's like I'm doing church at work. That's phenomenal. Um, recently, uh, you were married. How long have you been married now? Uh, oh, I've been married four days. <laughs> Yay! Uh, Congratulations. <laughs> it's, it's been a lovely whirlwind. Uh, she's adorable. Um, she's the best gift that God has ever given me. Um, I know my great-grandmother, um, if she was here, she'd be proud I got a lot of flaws. Yeah, I, I've never. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, I'll take that. I, I like how that came in when I said flaws. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> but I, I've learned a lot about my single selfish behaviors that I didn't really notice because I didn't have to. 
uh, I could go ahead and share this. One thing she really hates that I do is I just leave my clothes. I don't put them in the, the so there's things that I do that I, didn't bother me, still don't, uh, that, you know, I, I have to learn. You know, this is a gift from God. Marriage is, being married to her, we become one. And it's the most beautiful thing. And, you know, being, I, I am divorced uh, prior because I was in lust, not love. Um, but God, after doing the fast with you, Pastor Adam, and the church, it really gave me insight to my life and what needed to happen. And like you said, I didn't have to accept, but I know what God can do if you don't listen. And it hurts more than, you know, dealing with marriage four days in. <laughs> Amen. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, you mentioned the fast and yes, we, uh, every year we, uh, we do a 40 day fast and some will do a couple of days, some will do a couple of weeks. Uh, but it does, uh, get us to finish the year and then start, you know, get ready for the next year. Um, you're soon going to begin to intern at At the Cross Church in Oceanside, um, and that's in January. Yes, sir. Um, what drove you to want to I, do this? I was thinking about that all the way, because if you remember, I said, Pastor, uh, I, I need to be discipled. Now, when I said that, I was picturing ministry leadership. But God has a way of telling, you know, because I'm going to be honest with you. When you said, yes, you could be an intern pastor, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said leader. Uh, I even told God, I said, well, I didn't ask for pastor. I asked for leader. And God told me, he says, just because you as a human being doesn't want to do it, I need you to do it. And I had to sit on that thought of what you said, because that was a direction from the Holy Spirit. I did not ask you to intern as a pastor. I asked you to be discipled. And that's God's answer. And I said, you know what, if this is God, you know, even though I as a human at the time didn't want to do it because I had different plans, God God has plans for what he wants me to do, and that's what I'm going to obey. Trust me, I, I've made those decisions before where I don't listen, and it hurts. Amen, amen. That's that's awesome. You're going to be leading our Turning Point USA faith. Now, how do you— uh, differentiate from being a Christian and a patriot, or how do you bring that together? You know, I think the purpose of being a patriot is, you know, God gave us, you know, God gave us this nation, and, you know, upon uh, also teaching as a constitutional coach with biblical citizenship uh, with the Patriot Academy, um, Rick Green, really great man, um, he tells us if you actually read all the documents that are related to the Constitution, even the Constitution itself, it has the word God. It talks about the higher spiritual power. And whether or not people like that, you know, truth don't care about your feelings. And being a patriot's part, you know, they're, they're the First Amendment alone, I always tell people, you have the freedom to speak. That's a privilege. It's protected under a right, but you don't have the freedom to say what you want. You can't run into an airport, scream bomb, and expect not to get tackled by TSA. <laughs> so so when I tell people being a patriot is not about being a conservative, it's not about being a liberal, it's about standing up for what's right. You know, we the people are the only three words that I focus on because it seems like, you know, recently people are forgetting G-O-D and focusing on G-O-V, the government. Well said. Hey, if you just tuned in, you are here with Freedom with Adam Riojas, and we are currently uh, interviewing and uh, as our guest today, Matt, who is a Marine who 
loves the Lord, who loves this country. And then uh, stay tuned with us because after the interview, we, we will be going into the book of John. So let me uh, ask you a, a, a question. Um, how uh, easy is it for you to love this country? Or is it hard? It's it's hard to love the where where it's going, but it, to love the country itself, it, it, it could be interpreted so many ways. I always tell people, you know, especially me uh, personally, you know, going into social work, there's one thing in American culture that ruins everything. It's known as context. The way people interpret things and perceptions are so complex. And when I say I love this country, I say I love this country for the what it is the people when people think of the country they think of the government no i think of i've been all over this country alaska maine i used to live in maine for a couple of years by the way if you ever get to go to maine please go check out booth bay haba haba say it like that too also you know seeing the country for what it is it's beautiful like it's one of a kind like you can't you know in california you can drive to your seasons in maine you don't get a choice uh you know it's near canada um, so I love the country because God blessed us with something that n- no other nation has. It's a constitution that lives in its government. And we allow, we're allowed to go to state the state without going through, you know, checkpoints with military guarding. So, I mean, the country itself is beautiful. The politics, yeah, we, you know, <laughs> they could, they could be better. Amen. You know, uh, one of my uh, main thoughts and I tell Christians a lot is, is get involved with everything going on in our country with the politics. And and because if we don't, we will lose our right to be able to share Jesus, um, to be in our churches, um, and we will begin to be persecuted like no other time. And, and that's coming. But if we don't get involved, we will lose that freedom. Do you agree with that? You know, I believe that if we just sit there and, and, you know, I don't know a verse anywhere. Maybe you do, Pastor, but I don't know a verse anywhere in the Bible that says Chris, being a Christian is going to be easy. I mean, it wasn't easy for Jesus, and he took the ultimate price for us. I, so when I look at this, if you're going to sit there and say, I'm a Christian, and then do nothing to actually show God that you're actually a Christian. It's one thing to say you're a Christian. It's another thing to be a Christian. You know, for me, I'm not afraid to tell people what I think. It gets me in trouble sometimes, but that's okay. It's, it will go away if we don't stand up for what's for, for our freedoms. Because again, we see it all the time being limited. You know, they're trying to take prayer. You know, they took prayer out of schools, pledge of allegiance. You know, they're, they're making schools more reformed around other things. You need to stand up and you need to go advocate for your community because Christians aren't supposed to be sitting at home watching church on TV during a pandemic. That's not what we were made for. We're social beings, and people forget that when the government says something, we are told as Christians that, yes, we are supposed to obey society's laws as long as they don't push past the laws of God. And guess what? When we had that lockdown, I didn't listen. I went jogging every day. I saw the cops. They said, you need to be inside. I says, well, last I checked, I paid taxes, and my mom's in Indiana. I ain't going inside. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm not afraid to tell people. I says, you could put me in jail for that, but God gave us this world, and you tell me to lock it? No. Amen. So we as a church at, at the Cross Oceanside, we never closed our doors, and 
We don't ever plan on closing them because God says not to forsake the assembling of yourselves. And there are a lot of folks that that thought that, you know, uh, staying home and six feet away, and I don't know how they figured that one out, and and these masks uh, that don't really work. Can't, COVID is very small. It's 0.25, you know, uh, milligram, and it just it just can't microns, and it just uh, goes through everything. You know, uh, I tell people when they say put a mask on, I said, "Oh, you want me to get my baby diaper on?" <laughs> I mean, I got that's how I feel. You, you need to pamper it too. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of people have a hard time different differentiating or you know, making, uh, uh, not getting involved actually, you know, with everything going on because they think that being a Christian, uh, you need to stay in a church. You need to not get involved with anything. I, I don't agree with that. And, and I, you know, I thank God that your heart, uh, is to serve the Lord, but you've also served this country. So you get it that there is action to your words. Um, what would you tell somebody that said, that said, hey, Matt, you know, I, 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 I don't want to get involved with politics. I just want to serve the Lord. What would you tell somebody? I would, I would probably ask them, you know, what is your definition of service? Um, you know, I do know the Bible says go out and spread the good news. And, you know, I feel like, you know, politics, it, from what I understood in basic history class, was supposed to be just general civi- civilians, citizens going in. It wasn't supposed to be a career thing. These people, and I've, I've met a few people in my college time, and says, I'm going to go be a politician. I said, if that's your goal, I, I, I don't know where we're going to go. He said, would you vote for me? I said, heck no. <laughs> I said, definitely not. I said, because if you're planning to be a politician, then you're not planning to do good for the people. And, and, I, and I would tell them, I says, if you're not, if you're going to spread the good news on your time, have you talked to God about what He wants you to do? Because I also feel that a lot of Christians are afraid. Because I've heard this as well. Well, I'm afraid that the safety of my family will be jeopardized. Okay, that's what a Second Amendment's for—to protect the first. Amen. And I says, you know, if you're afraid of getting, you know, social media famed, maybe you should get off social media. You know, all these excuses I hear have simple solutions that nobody wants to do. Well, if I get off Facebook, okay. okay what what are you going to lose if you get off Facebook? You know, fentanyl is more deadly than Facebook. Fentanyl is more deadly than COVID. Amen. And you're over here telling me that you're more concerned about people making you famous for some something good. Amen. So, you know, we've actually lost more people to fentanyl than COVID way far more. Absolutely. And you know what? If you're within, like, I think, I think it could be in the air and it can kill you. It doesn't take much. 0.02 milligrams. Literally, uh, I saw a video of a DA who was bringing evidence, wasn't sealed properly. She got the effects of fentanyl and almost died. Wow. I've seen people need six Narcans to wake them up. The problem is we focus on the wrong things and we encourage other things that aren't so important. You know what I love about um, knowing Jesus and being able to have a relationship is you can say, Jesus, come into my heart. And he does it immediately. And we can say, God, be my savior. He becomes that savior. Jesus, I believe you rose from the from the dead. Forgive me of my sins, and He does it immediately. I love that. It's 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 an easy. Uh, uh, it's so easy that people think it's crass. People think it's crass. Now, what would you tell um, 
someone who uh, has lost hope, has uh, been sexually molested, uh, raped, uh, um, something horrific, and they've given up hope. I know you've been there, so what would you tell someone um, that how could they come out of that depression? How can they come out of that fear? What would you say? My, my advice would be someone needs to hear your story. And, and I'm not saying go out and just spread it to everybody in the world. What I am saying is men are, you know, we're masculine beings. And, and if there may be people on this that may disagree with me, but teach their own, right? Um, but I see myself as a masculine being. And when that happened to me, it, it made me question a lot. I was angry at God. And I didn't see, you can't lose hope when hope's never going to leave you. God never leaves us. We leave him. So hope never is lost. It's just, we give up on ourselves when God is asking us to look towards him. And my advice would be, first of all, I had to go through seven years of therapy. I had to, I attempted suicide six times. Obviously God said no, because you know, there are people who succeed once I woke up six times and, and Maybe, and and I think at that point, it was like, God wants you to tell somebody something because it ain't your time to go, Matt. You need to get up, get out of your head, and you need to look to me because I've been waiting here for so long for you to say, Matt, say, Father, please help me. And I finally one day dropped on my knees when I felt all was lost. I said, God, I'm done. Please help me. And that's what happened. Amen. So, you know, there there may be somebody listening right now that's... uh that's contemplating suicide. Uh, there may be somebody now who's lost all hope. Um, and I'm glad you're listening. This is Freedom with Adam Riojas. And we believe that total freedom comes from God. What would you say to someone uh, that is right now contemplating suicide? Right now, they're listening. They're about to end it. What would you say to them? Because there may be somebody right now. I would ask, I would see most people say, why do you want to do it? What I tell them this, what good is really going on in your life? Because no matter how negative and negative or negative and nasty it can feel, there is something positive happening that you're just not willing to look at. And, And I had to, and I'm not saying that. And if anybody out there, you know, I'm not saying that to direct you. I'm saying that I forgot to look in the mirror and realize that I'm still breathing. I have people that love me. And, and when I, th- I would ask you to think about this, what would you really, what good you would you do if you did it? Because I had to realize that if I did it, my family would hurt more than I did right now. And I had to go seek help. I would tell them, says, you know what, get on your knees and pray. Let God tell you what's positive. Cause there's something there more likely is some good going on. It's just hard to see it right now. Amen. So if that's you right now and, and you're contemplating that, know that there is hope. Know that God loves you and know that God wants to pour out his love upon you. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, give me hope. Jesus, show me the way. You know, what did Jesus say about being the way? He said, um, to me specifically, when he said, be the way he put on a song on Pandora. And I mentioned this as celebrate recovery. He put on torn wells. God, not God's not done with you. 
that song just randomly came on Pandora. And I was on some, I wasn't on a Christian music. When he said, be the way, he said, I'm not done with you, Matthew. Amen. I am the way, I am the truth. That's what he said. Amen. And the life. So. Oh, yeah. I forgot the list. My, <laughs> uh, that's what he gives us. Yeah. Oh. Ten concussions will make you forget the third part, but that, that's okay. God forgives. So what's your favorite verse, Matt? You know, I stuck to this since the military. My favorite verse that sticks out to me, it's known as the military's verse. It's Joshua 1, 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, that's important when you go over there, but it doesn't end when you get out. And... That's why I go back to the idea of like earlier, it says, hope doesn't leave you. You, you can't lose hope. You can, only, you can only give up on yourself. You can only, hope's always there. God is always here. Amen, Matt. Amen. So I want you to encourage somebody. Give somebody some encouraging words. Go. You got a minute. Okay. My encouragement to you is just remember, like in the Bible, it never says that we are going to have an easy time. If that's the case, then Jesus should not have carried a cross and taken the beating he did for us. When I look at what the future is, it means that the easiest road is definitely most of the time not the one to go. If it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true often. Sometimes you have to hit these objects, you have to hit these obstacles, and you have to be willing to say, God, I need help. We often as Christians forget that our ego gets in, gets in the way of our heart, and God's got to remind us, hey, I'm here, you need me. Amen. Don't ever give up on God because he never gives up on you. Amen. Matt, make sure you uh, hang out and stay the rest of the show. Uh, We're going to have a a commercial break really soon, but I want you to close us off after we go through the book of uh, uh, John chapter 15. Come back. We want to fellowship with you. And remember, we love you. And there is hope in Jesus Christ. Love you guys. See you in a minute. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday to Thursday, along with a classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for spring 2023. Visit them online at www.atthecrossoceanside.com. That's at thecrossoceanside.com. Woohoo! Welcome back to Freedom with Adam Riojas. Thank you guys. We just had an incredible guest, Matt. Um, and this latter part of the show is actually the best part. We will be going through John chapter 15. And I do believe that God wants to speak to you and me personally, as we begin to go into John chapter 15. Most of you have been with us 
on this on this journey, and I believe that God is going to do the incredible by teaching us His Word. And so here we go. We pick it up in John chapter fifteen, um, and the Word says this: "I am the true vine." This is Jesus speaking, and He's literally telling you that He is the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Now, what's incredible about that verse is that Israel uh, had been known to be the vine, and now Jesus is saying, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. And there's so much in this verse because this is now also the seventh time in the book of John where you hear the great I am, and you're like, you may be wondering, and I just want to make sure that you know what that means. Um, if you remember uh, when Moses in the Old Testament let the people out of Egypt from their enslavement, previous to doing this, he had a conversation with God at the burning bush. And Moses in Exodus 3.13 says this, And they shall say to me, What is his name? And what shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shall thou say unto the children of Israel, I am had sent me unto you. Those are some Powerful words when you look at that statement because Jesus, when he was having a conversation with the religious leaders, said to them in John 8, 58, before Abraham was I am. Taking on deity, he was the very person that spoke to Moses, God. And now, Again, this is now the seventh time that you see the great I am. And if you remember the very first time, um, for those of you that have been following and been reading, and for those that are just listening today for the first time, the very first time you hear the great I am is in John 6.35 when Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And then in John 8.12, I am the light of the world. And then in John 10, 9, I am the door. And then the fourth time in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. The fifth time in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the life. John uh, 14, 6, when Jesus said, I am the way, that means the only way. Uh, the truth, the only truth, and the life. He's the only absolute truth, and he is the life. He is the very same person, God, who breathed into the clay when God formed Adam and breathed life into him. That's why he says, I am the life. And then the sixth time that we heard it, um, of course, um, it was three times when he, when we hit the way, the truth, and the life. And again, now, this is now 
the seventh time when he says, I am the true vine. He is greater than Israel. He is greater than Jacob. Then he says, my father is the husbandman. My father is the one who takes care of the vine. What an incredible scripture. Now, when you look at it, most people miss that Israel, again, was known as the vine, and now Jesus is the true vine. We also see in, in parables where we see in the vineyard, and then we see that Jesus speaks about a fig tree being in the vineyard. The fig tree is also uh, symbolic for Israel again, and we see it in Hosea 9.10, Jeremiah 24, Jeremiah 8.13, when Israel is referred to as as Again, the beautiful, beautiful victory. In the New Testament, we also know that Jesus referred to Israel as the fig tree as well. And we see that in Matthew 24, 32, and 35. And it says this, now learn the parable from the fig tree when it is, when it is, Its branches has already become tender and puts forth its leaves. You know that summer is near. So you also, when you see summer is near, you also then know, know this for sure, that the end is near. This is all prophetic. This is a beautiful picture that we get to see as Jesus, the true vine, Jesus also as this amazing Messiah, this amazing Redeemer who is now saying, I am the vine. And then it it further says this as you continue to read 15. It says, uh, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. So when, he's, when he says uh, purgeth, what he's saying is that he is the one who prunes it. And when you look at Romans, when Paul wrote uh, the book of Romans and Romans eleven twenty four, you see how this comes to pass, how, how we are grafted in to this vine, to this fig tree and how Jesus had a message and had a mission, not only to save the Jews, but also to save you and I, the Gentile, those that were here without hope. And as we continue in verse 15, three of John, it says, now you are clean through the word, which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except a it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. You know, that's so beautiful that in order for us to produce fruit, and, and that fruit is, you know, righteousness and and God's hope and God's peace and, and everything that this fruit can have, it could never come to pass without having Jesus as the center point without having Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. 
In five, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. It's interesting when you look at that verse, because without Jesus, we can do nothing. Some of you may that are probably listening listening right now aren't even believers. You're like, wait a minute, I, I work, I have a job, I can produce, you know, income for my family. I, I can do a lot of things. But what it's speaking about here is that spiritual fruit, the fruit that brings that inner peace that only Jesus can give. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and man gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. It is important for you and I to know that this verse is a heavy verse, that this verse can also mean that if you're not in Jesus, there's a fire that awaits you. We need to be connected. We need to be grafted in like Paul speaks about in Romans chapter 11 from 11 uh, to uh, chapter 11 from 11 to 24. You know, right now is the, is the time of the fullness of the Gentiles. And, and that time is going to end soon. Jesus is coming back for his church. We see everything being set up for that. The signs are everywhere that we look. If we look around, he that has ears to hear and eyes to see, listen to what the Spirit is saying and showing you. Verse 7 says this, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. That is powerful. Jesus is saying that if you abide in him, if he's your Lord, if he's your Savior, if he's your rock, if he is your vine, and if you know that you are grafted in, that you could ask anything and that he will hear you and do it onto you. What a blessing. You know, most people believe that, that that's not speaking to them and that God would never do nothing for them. And, and most, some of you may be saying, hey, I've asked Jesus and he hasn't done anything for me. But today, I am reminding you that you need to be in Jesus. Thy will be done and not mine when you pray. And if it's going to glorify God, he's going to bless you. Listen, if you just tuned in, you are here with freedom with Adam Riojas as we're going through the book of John. And we get to see how good God is. Another verse that can directly be connected to John 15, 7 is Ephesians 3, 20, when he says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all ages, world without end, without end. Amen. That is simply saying that God can give you more than what you can imagine or even think. If you abide in Jesus, verse eight says this hearing is my father glorified that you bear much fruit so that so shall you 
be my disciples. See, this fruit that he's saying is, is not only uh, to reach out to others, to let every others know about Jesus, to let them know that there's hope in Jesus, to let them know that there is peace in Jesus, to let them know that your eternity can be changed. You know, we are eternal beings and there is a choice. You can choose today where you're going to spend the rest of your eternity. Now, verse 9 says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. You know, what I love about this is that John was known as the pastor of love. In his older age, most of you know the historical content about what happened to John. They try to kill him by putting him in in a pot of oil and he survived. And then they put him away in prison in the island of Patmos. And then they eventually released him. And then when they released him, he ended up in Ephesus and in that area. And he began to preach. And every time he would, he would go from place to place, from church home to church home, from house to house, they would say, John, show us something deep. John, give us something deep. And he would simply say, love one another. Love is a powerful action. It isn't just a word. There's action behind it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loved, God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 10 says this, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and I abide in his love. To know Jesus, to walk with Jesus, is to know love. God is love, not love is God. God is love. And how we grow in this love, how we get stronger in this love is by keeping his commandments, by keeping his word, by knowing him, by praying, by going to church, by fellowshipping, by producing fruit and telling others about how great God is. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Your joy can only be full if you continue to fill it with God's word, with Jesus. Uh, John 15, 12 says this, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, most people believe that love is love. But God has made it very clear in his word, this is my commandment, that you love one another even as I have loved you. You know what he's saying? He, what God is saying is, is your love needs to be sacrificial. Is your love needs to give. Is your love needs to be your priority. God is love. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friend. That is the greatest love. And as Jesus is saying these things, he knows that the cross is near, that his life is going to be put on a cross, that he is about to give his life for you and I, for his friends you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, 
for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father I have known made unto you. That is love. He wants to be your friend today. You need a friend? Call on Jesus. You're thinking of taking your life? Call on Jesus. You have no hope? Call on Jesus. You have no future? Call on Jesus. Look, I'm even going to say you have no job? Call on Jesus. You, you, you have no direction? Call on Jesus. He is a friend that will never betray you. He is a friend that will always give you an ear. He loves you. He calls you friend. And you become his friend when you when you allow him to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. And for those that have been walking with the Lord all of this time, all you have to do is continue to dig in. Dig into his word. Most people now, most Christians are asking God for revival to, to awaken us. But revival begins with you. Listener, those that are having this message penetrate them right now, revival begins with you. God wants to revive you. How does revival work? How does it come upon you when the most important thing for you is to get up and get into his word? When the most important thing for you to do is to share Jesus with others? When you can't wait to get to church? When you can't wait to pray? When you can't wait to show this love that God has given you? Revival starts with you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Some people believe right here that he's only talking to the apostles, the disciples, but he's talking to you and I. If you know Jesus, he chose you. Like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm the one that chose him. Yeah, that is true. As, that is true as well. But he chose you. He knew you before the foundation of the world. He loves you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the father in my name, he may give it to you. If you just tuned in, this is freedom with Adam Riojas. And we are clearly seen in God's word that he has ordained you. He has chosen you. He wants to revive you right now. Revival begins with you. These things I command you that you should love one another. John 15, 18. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. That's the honest truth. If they hate you, they hate Jesus. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of this world, but I have chosen you out of this world, therefore the world hateth you. The Bible calls you a pilgrim. We are just passing by. This life is short. If you live 80 years, you've lived a long life. And that is nothing compared to eternity. Remember, the world that I, the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. 
If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Now, some of you that are Christians believe that being a Christian is easy. It is a difficult relationship. It is a difficult journey. But it is rewarding. And he is the one that gives you the strength to continue to go through it. If no one ever persecutes you, we need to look at our relationship with God and see if we are in the right place. See if we are followers. See if we are listening to him. But all things will they do unto you for my name's sake because they know him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not sinned. But now they have no cloak for their sin. The sin no longer covers you. You heard this message for the first time. You have no more excuse. Jesus is knocking at your door right now. And if you're in sin right now, it's a time to be revived. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. Jesus is miraculous. He's saying, hey, you know everything I did. If you don't accept it, then you're not accepting my father. But this cometh to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without cause. They hated Jesus without a cause. Are you there right now? Do you hate him without a cause? Ask him into your heart. He can change that hate to love. But when the comforter is come, that's the Holy Spirit, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. And you shall also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. You know, Jesus, it's time to step up. It's time to say, Jesus, I want to follow you a hundred percent. You can do this. The Holy Spirit, the comforter can bless you right now to have a greater relationship with Jesus. Thank you for listening. Know that God loves you and God can. Matthew, can you please close us out in prayer? Yes, sir. Uh, just want to share first John four. New King James Version, before we get there, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Dear Heavenly Father, with, with what you taught us today, you taught us about what love looks like. The love we can say doesn't amount to the love you showed us, Father God. And if, if there's someone here today that needs to hear this message and to be blessed by you, Father God, I ask that you reach out and you speak to them with the Holy Spirit, Father God. Lord God, we are so grateful because, Lord God, we don't deserve the love you give us, Father God. And with all the passion and, and love in the world, Father God, I, we raise up anything that may be bothering us. In your precious holy name, amen. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. We totally invite you to come see us at the cross, Oceanside, 2112 Al Camino Real. We love you guys. Thank you for tuning in. And God bless you.
Thanks for listening to Freedom with Adam Riojas. If you'd like to contact Adam, email him at freedom at adamriojas.com. Make sure to tune in next week at 5 p.m. here on K-Praise. If you missed a show, go to your favorite podcast provider and search Freedom with Adam Riojas. The Oceanside Pier is a sacred place, blessed with ocean views, the strand, good people, and good times. You'll find all those things and more at the Bistro at the Pier. Locally owned and operated, the Bistro at the Pier offers delicious food options and a full slate of crafted coffee drinks, including Italy's own Cafe Vergnano, sourced from Italy's finest coffee beans. So whether you're craving an acai bowl or an espresso, the Bistro at the Pier is waiting for you. Head on down or visit them online at bistroatthepier.org. Freedom Generation Higher Education is a faith-based alternative education option that values constitutional rights and medical freedom, serving ages 3 through 6th grade. Hosted by At the Cross Church in Oceanside, they offer in-person classes and electives Tuesday to Thursday, along with a classical conversation community offering foundations and essentials on Mondays. And they're now accepting applications for spring 2023. Visit them online at www.atthecrossoceanside.com. That's at thecrossoceanside.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.